right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. We don't got time for that. Right? Let's go. Break it. Break it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Hello. We are uh, out a little bit early today at 5.50. That'll be when KU baseball coverage takes over with first pitch scheduled for 6 o'clock for KU and Air Force. We're not supposed to have a show tomorrow because of the KU Air Force game, but there could be some rain, thunderstorms, so I guess we'll wait and see if we do end up having a show uh, tomorrow. We're going to be joined by Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World at 3.40. This will be the last time we'll be able to say that. Matt Tate of the Lawrence of Journal the World. Yeah, Lawrence Journal World. Yeah. Uh, it'll just be Matt Tate of other things upcoming <laughs> after this week. Uh, then it'll be Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports joining us at 440. We're going to have two KU mailbags this week because we didn't get around to doing one last week. So we double down on questions. Today will be part one. We'll do part two maybe on like Thursday or something. We've also got two parts of Florida Man Mad Libs this week. Part one will be later today <laughs> in the five o'clock hour. So uh, looking forward to that. Um, so something I wanted to talk about today, obviously we, we talked yesterday about the visits of plenty going on with KU basketball and some of the players who are scheduled for visits or are visiting or have visits coming up, whatever it is. And, you know, currently no commits still for KU in the transfer portal. And we've talked last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was that we're not really overly concerned with that. Like there's still options out there. KU is going to be just fine. I, I think the main reason above everything in that, it's okay that KU does not have any commits right now is the idea that you just have Bill Self. And that works in two ways. One, from the way that, yeah, whatever you have, he's going to make the roster. Like, he's going to raise the floor. He's going to be uh, a, a program raiser just by having him and uh, his ability to progress a team and uh, work plays and everything. But in terms of his ability to really nail springs, like, there have been many times where KU has maybe needed that one extra push from a player in the spring and they've they've gotten it and they've gotten like big names. There have been other times where maybe we haven't really seen it as being oh, okay, you need somebody in the spring, but they get somebody who ends up being a pivotal piece whether it's in the future as a career player or that next season and I, you hear a lot of people mention spring bill, like that that, that term for Bill <laughs> Self because of how good he is at kind of closing the deal in the spring. You know, it's I, I think back to the, uh, it's the remake of the movie, The A-Team. I guess, I don't okay. know, was that movie a remake? Did they ever make a movie of The A-Team? Was it always just a TV show and then I they made a movie? Was, I think there was a movie. Okay. So the remake, the one with like Liam Neeson and stuff in it. And, you know, there's this one quote where Liam Neeson is like, you know, you give me uh I don't know, a day, I'm, I'm tough to be, give me a week, something like that, I'm unbeatable, you give me like a year, whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm completely messing up this quote, but basically, you give me a however long, I'm unbeatable. And I, I wonder how that is with Bill Self, where it's like, you know, you, 
you give me time during the season, there's other stuff going on. I'm, I'm tough to beat. I'm going to get a lot of these recruits. But now you get me in the offseason, spring bill, I'm unbeatable because there ain't basketball going on. Now I got 100% focus on just the recruiting side of things, and I am going to dominate. And so he always nails these time of year to complete the rosters. And I just wanted to go back and look at some past success stories. I think as a fan base, as you know, people who watch and, and love your KU basketball, and this goes for any sport. I think just, you know, people in general, this goes for everyone in, in any avenue. We can be short-sighted. We can be prisoners of the moment. Impatient. Impatient. You can forget about some of the things that happened in the past. So I just want to go through here and look at some of the spring bill landings. This is not going to be everyone, but it's certainly notable ones. Um, and there's a lot here just to begin with, just to give you even more confidence that they're going to be okay. Now, uh, there was a late commit. I mean, if you just wanted to count like spring bill is really any time between when the season ends to the That's next season. April beginning. and June. Yeah, which would really be spring, well, be summer, like fall April bill, right? To, yeah, that'd like be like September. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then Brandon Rush committed in like the fall. That was like a very last minute thing. So yeah, I guess you could throw that up there if you just wanted to say like off-season bill fall, instead. Fall bill? Yeah. Um, but how about Mario Chalmers? He committed in the spring. That one I don't really count though. That was spring of the previous year. So like when he was a junior? Yes. And specifically when I want to look at this, it's the guys who were like about to go to school that next year and it because that applies for the transfer portal. Yeah. You're trying to get guys to impact this next season. Yeah. So we'll start here. May 9th. Uh, and also, I think this is important to notice. I'm going to be mentioning the dates, and that should make you feel better, too, that they haven't landed some of these guys, because as you'll notice, a lot of these dates are still to come. Okay. Uh, May 9th, 2006. Got Terrell Arthur. Pretty that good. worked out okay. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, the story goes there, and I don't want to butcher this. I already butchered that one movie quote. Um, I could have sworn that he was going to go to, like, Baylor or something, and he had a dream the night before he was going to commit. Wait, what? Yeah, you haven't heard this? I He he had like a dream the night before he committed of of Jayhawks. I yeah, I, I don't know to what level. If it was him playing in the field house or of him just like going to KU. Um I think this was written in, in one of the books. Have um, you had a have you ever had a dream of something that then determined what you were going to do? Um, like did you go to bed one question. night and you had a dream and like in your dream you were eating like 23rd Street Brewery the next day you were like gotta go or like you were like you were trying to decide something and then in the dream it happens and you're like okay yeah I don't know I, I don't I don't think so but definitely there have been things that happen like in, a, your, in your dream where you wake up and, yeah life decision you react to it um so here here it was do you it, remember it's actually, your dreams some some of them not all of them do you mm, I used to never really now I kind of do okay but the, I only I only remember the ones that are weird. Okay, uh, I only remember yeah, mostly I only same remember for me. parts of them. Yeah, agreed. That's the same thing. Uh, so anyway, this was a Q and A done with uh, Darrell Arthur uh, through like KU's website. Describe the dream you had that told you to go to Kansas. He said, I had this dream that I was playing in just a normal game with Julian Wright and Brandon Rush. That's all I really remember. But I knew that I was meant that that meant that I should be a Jayhawk. 
Worked I, out for him. I, I agree. Winning a title. I think that was a good decision. Um, so, yeah. So, that was a cool one. That was obviously a very big land for KU. And that was one where, because of that, it was uh, like a little bit of a surprise. Keep that in mind, too. A lot of these end up being like, I don't know, maybe this is just the nature of it where today's day and age you have like the crystal ball and the on three predictions where like yeah. we almost take the guessing out of it. Maybe, it. maybe it was always like that. It's just it was less accessible to like as a, as as a, a people. Fan. Yeah, knowing yeah. like. Oh well, this guy's expected to go here. To where nowadays, it's it's a little more rare where you get like an actual commitment where you don't know where they're going to go. But that added to the. Or you don't have there. an idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, April 29th, two thousand eight, Tyshawn Taylor committed to KU. Good commit. Yeah, good commit. Yep. Ended up being a long term, uh, very important player for KU, and eventually on a team that went to a title game. April twenty third, two thousand nine. This was another one where, so Xavier Henry was I believe committed to Memphis. If he wasn't committed, he was it was basically like assuming he was gonna go there. I could be wrong with this. Um but then John Calipari left for Kentucky. I think that's the timeline there. And so he ended up decommitting and Kansas got back in the race and they were able to land him. That was a big time I mean, a five star recruit ended up coming in, having a really good freshman season, you know, thirteen and four on a team that lost Two games in the regular season. So that was a nice one. Uh, May 31st, 2010, Josh Selby. Obviously, Selby didn't end up having the freshman season that everybody could have hoped. But, I mean, at the time, you're talking about a five-star that everybody was going after. Like, that was a very big get for Bill Self in the spring. Yeah. April 19th, 2011. This is one that would go. So, uh, Devontae Graham, who we'll get to later on this list, is in the same classification here. I'll, I'll just skip ahead to that one real quick. So, 2014. May 2nd, they land Devontae Graham. May 21st, they land Sfi. April 19, 2011, they land Ben McElmore. All of those were not ones that maybe had like super early repercussions. Like Devontae was a consistent role player as a freshman. Yeah. Um, Sfi didn't play really. And uh, McElmore redshirted his, his freshman year. So it was, but it was more about the long haul. I mean, those are guys that. McElmore had an unbelievable redshirt freshman year. Devontae Graham's going to get his jersey retired at KU. Sfi yeah. ended up having a, a really good KU career and finishing off strong. Yeah. So those are the ones that... Those are three NBA guys, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, this one was maybe the biggest of them all when you just look at the pomp and circumstance. May 14th, 2013, they land Andrew Wiggins. I For a lot of people, this will probably be the one that they remember the most as far as spring bail. I uh, I remember I was in high school at the time. I was a senior in high school, and at this point, I had known I was going to KU and everything. And I I, I was taking like an AP test at school, <laughs> and so phones off and everything. And then you come out of the AP test, and I turned it on, and I found out, oh, Andrew Wiggins coming to Kansas. I was like, that's cool, you know. But I think that one was kind of a surprise too, because it was like the talk was I because his parents, if I remember correctly, went to like Florida State. They were like great athletes there at Florida State. And then there was just the the Kentucky talk to begin with because it's, you know, Kentucky and everything. Yeah. And ended up picking Kansas. And that was one where, uh, again, it, it didn't seem like like you could talk to like three different recruiting experts and you might get a different answer from everyone about where he was going to go. That was obviously a big one, uh, as big as it can get. Uh, to a lesser degree, but this, say, I think applies out of the transfer portal. May 20th, 2013, they land Tark Black. Ended up being a starting center for that team. And ended up having uh, a nice little uh, tournament game against Stanford, even though they lost. And if I'm not mistaken, that was a similar situation to where that was a big need mm-hmm. that they needed to go out and get, and they did. Yeah. 
I mean, it could be kind of similar to what they do this year uh, with the center in the portal. I mean, if you lay in Hunter Dickinson, that's a little bit of a different classification, but yeah. looking for kind of an insurance veteran guy to be ahead of a, a young uh, center prospect who you think has a high potential, but you want some insurance in front of him. Uh, so I mentioned the Devontae Graham's Fee McKaylick ones in 2014. 2015, April 28th, they landed Sheck Diallo. And again, that one kind of like Selby didn't totally work out to where you wanted. Yeah. At the time, it Another was like top 10 guy. Yeah. This completes their perfect roster. They have Frank coming back, Devontae coming back, Wayne Selden coming back. Yeah. It's like, well, who's going to be the center? It's like, oh, well, they got a five star prospect and check the alley. It was a big deal at the time. Uh, May 17, 2015, LeGerald Vick. That ended up being more of a long term one, although it didn't end on the right foot, but you got a lot of production there out of LeGerald. Yeah. April 11, 2016 was Josh Jackson. So that's another spring bill one where um, that was kind of similar to the Wiggins one where it was like if you could ask, you know, five different recruiting experts and you might get three different answers, whether he was going to go to Arizona, whether he was going to go to Michigan State or whether he was going to go to Kansas. And he ended up picking Kansas. That was a big deal. Uh, then you get this is kind of a summer one. So back to more of like the offseason bill. July 2016, July 1st, 2016, Malik Newman transfers. Picks Kansas. The very next year, April 10th, 2017, the Lawson brothers, Chandler and KJ, or not, no, I'm sorry, Chandler's the youngest, uh, KJ, KJ and Diedrich, excuse me, uh, KJ and Diedrich end up committing to Kansas to transfer over. Then uh, a couple other summer ones, June 10th, 2019, Isaiah Moss picks Kansas. That was kind of a weird ordeal because uh, if I remember right, he like committed to Arkansas or went on a visit and committed to Arkansas and then he like decommitted and ended up like changing over to Kansas so they were able to convince <laughs> him to do that. That sucks Arkansas. I know. How about this one? June 12th, 2019 Jalen Wilson. That's yeah. a nice little thing. Was that? That oh, one yeah, was yeah, circumstantial yeah. because of the, the Michigan happenings yeah. where yeah. Uh, John Beeline ended up leaving to the NBA. Summer, this one uh, kind of like the Ben McElmore one. Summer, July 16, 2019, Dewan Harris. And a bread shirt in his first year just like McElmore did Obviously, he's had a nice little career since then. Yeah. May 17th, 2021. Remy Martin, come on down. Kansas wins the title. May 19th, 2021. Jalen Coleman lands. Kansas wins the title. May 19th, <laughs> 2022. Maybe we should circle May 19th because that's two straight years we've seen May 19th be a uh, transfer pickup for KU. Uh, Kevin McCuller picks KU. Well, just look at those last three because those because those are the ones that I think most apply here because they're all three of them are transfers. Mm -hmm. Remy Martin, Jalen Coleman lands, Kevin McCuller. May 17th, May 19th, May 19th. Today is April 18th. Mm -hmm. So at this time in 2021, Kansas did not have any of those guys. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, right at this time right now, Kansas does not have any commits, but that there's no need to be concerned. In fact, out of everybody you just listed there, only out of like 20 guys, I'm seeing only like two or three that would have been committed before April 18th. Yes, there's whatever 21 year. guys here. So you had Josh Jackson, the Lawson brothers, and I think that's it. Yeah. I don't see any other names that were before April 18th. Yeah, 13 of those 21 committed in May or later. Yeah. So again, that's the big takeaway here is like, yeah. especially again, I'm really looking at these last three guys because they are more indicative of like more current transfer portal situation. Remy Martin, Jalen Coleman-Lance, Kevin McCuller, all three were late. And in, like, in the case of McCuller, he was the guy that was in the NBA draft and decided to come back, right? And so you might have uh, you might have another wave of guys where that happens, right? Because I think the deadline for the draft is what? Is it 
late May? I want to say it was like early June. Early June? It was like But June uh, the point of being yeah. is like you might have a wave of guys who are in the draft until like the second, third, fourth week of May who then decide or who are then told, hey, you need to work on this, this, and this, you know, at the college level. Thanks. Try again next year. And they could be coming back, and some of those guys could be looking to transfer. Yeah. Right? Just like Kevin McCuller did. So there's there's going to be plenty of movement and obviously still a lot more to go because Kansas does not have anybody right now. But there's no reason to be concerned by that. And I think this just circles back to the the general vibe that I'm getting is that Kansas is looking for high-quality players, right? They're not just going out trying to get anybody just for the sake of having bodies. They want to make sure they're getting guys that they know they want and they know fit in whatever they're trying to do. So there's no need to be concerned. There's no need to be really panicked at all. And listen, you are in the top three, top two of like two of the top five guys in the portal right now with Hunter Dickinson and Harrison Ingram. That's pretty good. Now, obviously, it's you want to land one or maybe mm-hmm. both of them, but just the fact that you're in those, you're in the top three or two of those two guys, two two guys that are pretty much unanimously agreed upon as two of the top five transfers in the whole transfer portal right now, and Kansas is in on both of them, and the fact that neither one of them has made a decision yet may be frustrating for some, but dude, these are guys that are trying to decide where they want to go to, you know, for the betterment of themselves. And present, you know, for whatever program they want to join, right? So there's, there's a lot that goes into these decisions, and I, I'm never going to fault a guy for taking his time if he has it to decide what he wants to do. I mean, this is a big decision, right? I mean, like for the guys in the transfer portal, it's a little different, but you know, I like, dude, when I was 17, 18 years old, a senior in high school, like, dude, you, I couldn't, I couldn't decide what to have for breakfast in the morning, and you're telling me I got to pick a school I'm going to go play for? Like, dude, what? I mean, what? I, I guess it's. I just don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand the impatience. Like, it's it. It's not like Kansas is next year is just gonna be rolling out the team they have now. Right. They're not just gonna be rolling out KJ and Juwan. And we were supposed to add more people. What? I mean, since when? <laughs> it's gonna happen. Right. It's right. gonna happen. And that's I think what this exercise shows. Uh, one, the you know the patience. I I know that. Could be a little frustrating if I were to tell you they don't have any commits for the next month. But again, like this shows you it'll be just fine. They'll figure that out. And I think also like the the pure star power that's on that list. Again, let me let me list some of the names yeah. that that certainly stick out here. That that were basically spring commits for uh, Bill Self, Darrell Arthur, uh, Tyshawn Taylor, Ben McElmore, Andrew Wiggins, Devonte Graham, Josh Jackson, Lawson Brothers. Jalen Wilson, Dewan Harris, Jalen or Remy Martin, Kevin McCuller. Like that is a list yes. of really, really good KU players. Of so guys it's not, that ended up being, you know, either really, really important that next season mm-hmm. or over their career. Yeah. So it's not just that be patient and that this list shows you it'll be fine and that a lot of these guys do end up committing later. It's also that there's a good shot. The Bill Self's not just gonna land some big time transfers. He's going to land a a very big transfer. I mean, think about it. Kevin McCuller was, what, a top three transfer portal addition last season across the country? Probably. Remy Martin was probably uh, the number one guard. 
I mean, definitely at the time, like he was probably number one on a lot of transfer lists, uh, from what I remember. Like he was number one or number two, like coming in. I mean, you don't win the title without him. Um, Jalen Wilson's going to have his jersey retired at some point. Uh, the Lawson yeah, brothers, I mean, when they a, came in, that's not a transfer situation, but it's a situation of a guy who had left yeah. for the draft and came back. Yeah. Uh, the Lawson brothers were guys that they, they I mean, Dedrick Lawson was viewed as the number one transfer pickup. Malik Newman was one of the top transfer pickups. Josh Jackson was like, I I think some sites had him like number one, number two, number three, somewhere in that range. But at that point, he was like the lone uncommitted top tier guy. So like he was the best available at that point. Uh, Sheck Diallo was like the best available big man when they got him. Um, Andrew Wiggins was the best available overall recruit when they got him. Josh Selby, Xavier Henry, like those were um, arguably the the best or, or one of the top available at that point in time when they got him. D- Darrell Arthur, the same thing. So among the guys that are are the best when they are still available in the spring, Bill Self hits a lot of home runs there, <laughs> and that doesn't necessarily guarantee they're going to get like Hunter Dickinson or something. But it makes you feel good that they got a good shot to do so. Yeah, because you so you said there's 21 guys here. What? 15 or 16 of them ended up being like either pillars of your program or star tier players. Yeah. Basically. Right? It's a nice little batting average. So, yeah. No need <laughs> to worry. That's pretty good. That's pretty Spring good. Spring Bill is here and he will solve all issues. All right. Spring Bill. Uh, we're going to be joined by Matt Tate in 15 minutes. Kevin Flaherty will join us at 4.40. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson here as we're going to be joined here by Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World and KUSports.com. Although, you know, this is the last week on the job for uh, Matt here with the LJ World, who, if you missed it, he uh, is going to be leaving the beat for uh, a new position after he had spent, I don't I don't know, a couple decades maybe with the uh, LJ World. He's going to be working with uh, the Mastery Collective and the Perpetual Sports Network. So uh, I guess, Matt, uh, is, is it going to sound weird that I'll no longer be referring to you after today's interview as Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World and KUSports.com? Yeah, for sure it will. Um, I also think it, it will maybe be harder for you to say yeah. it more than I do, right? But but I do, you know, there are a lot of things um, – you know that that I, I there are a lot of habits, a lot of things that have been just you know part of my daily, literally daily, everyday life um, that that are going to be uh, kind of lingering. I would imagine. In fact, when I when I announced last week on Twitter about my new opportunity and and uh, couldn't be more excited about it, but also you know uh, couldn't be more thankful for for the years I had at the paper and and how cool uh, my experience was there and and how. Good of a, of a of a departure. It's been everybody's been really supportive, and it's awesome. I appreciate everything about it. But um, when I when I you know did the whole career update thing on Twitter, I even like knee jerk reaction, just purely out of habit, started to go retweet it from KU Sports account, and I was like, well, I better not do that. <laughs> Luckily, I caught myself, but like. <laughs> I think I'll be locked out of some of those things eventually, so I won't have to worry about it. But yeah, that was a, a real indication to me of uh, you know just how how much of a you know habit it's been to, to represent the the LJ World and KUSports.com for all these years. And most people know that, um, and and read the paper growing up, and always wanted to work there. And I got to work there for 
you know, a little over two decades and, and be a part of it. And the memories, uh, all the things I did, you know, all, all the things we did and the people I worked with and, and all that stuff. I mean, stuff I'll cherish forever, stuff I'll never forget, stuff that in, in so many ways made me, you know, who I am today. And, and so I'm incredibly thankful for an, an awesome run. And uh, I, I would have never, ever looked to leave um you know, I just assumed I'd be there until I retired. That was always the assumption. But this opportunity came around. And, um, it's a really cool opportunity. It's a lot of uh, sort of entering into the male thing that's obviously still in its infant stages and has a chance to really become a massive, massive thing, uh, more so than it is already. And, and so the opportunity to try something new and, and the offer that they gave me is just too good to pass up. I'm excited for the new challenge and, and uh, you know, really, really fortunate, really glad to be covering KU still in a, in a different way, but, but not have to leave town, not have to leave my house all those things. So I'm, I'm a very lucky, lucky man. And, uh, I hope you'll still have me on. We can talk about that on or off the air, but uh, yeah, I, I would, I would definitely miss, uh, miss our banter, man. And, and you may have to, you know, reshape the questions that you ask just slightly, but you know, uh, um, yes, we, we look forward and, and hope we can keep having you on as well. And, uh, we look forward to, yeah, cool. uh, I'll just have to relearn. I'm like Pavlov's dogs. I've, I've got to <laughs> find a new way to, to learn the, I don't know, new, new way to, to say your name and everything with the title after this week. It'll be interesting. Um, so, uh, that, we were, that changes the name. I, I know, but it changes the full title. It's like addressing someone. If, Dude, he's got the same name. Well, it's like, you know, in Game of Thrones, it's, uh, you know, the breaker of chain. No, you didn't watch Game of Thrones. So you wouldn't know this. They have like the full title for it. I, I don't know. Oh, I, my bad. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, so Matt, we were, we were opening up the show and we were talking about spring bill self, the term that you hear a lot of people talking about that, uh, he is just nails at, at landing some of these big time commits. And when you think back to your time at the LJ World, um, is there a spring bill story or player commitment or something that uh, rings the most true to you when you think of that term that gets tossed around? Oh, man, great question. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, look, I, I won't try to, to reinvent the wheel or, or make myself sound smarter than I am. The Andrew Wiggins is the answer, right? I mean, that's everybody's answer. It should be. Um, two reasons. One, because he was such a big-time get. I mean, that was massive. But two, because they did not know. I mean, most of the time they know. They've been told they're not in or they've been told, yes, yeah, you guys or whatever. But they did not know. I don't think any of the schools involved with, with Wiggins knew until he announced. And, and um, so that added to the, uh, I guess, the hype, the anticipation, the drama, the excitement around that. But he was obviously a huge, huge pickup late. Um, but, I, you know, I point to, to Remy Martin, too, um, as, as a really um, memorable one for me. Um, just because in, in, the, in the moments around, I don't remember exactly when Remy committed, but it was in May, I think, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, we were just looking. It was and, May 17th. Okay, so that's yeah, that's spring for sure. I'm not I'm not touching no. or breaking the rules here by any means. Um, yeah, you know I, I've been in in contact with with Coach Self over the years about a lot of guys, you know, on and off the record, right? And and uh, I, I just remember when I talked to him for the first time about Remy and sort of the idea that that they were in play for him and Remy was considering KU and all that and and. 
for me, man, the excitement in his voice um, was unlike any of the other times um, that I had talked to him about a recruit. That doesn't mean he was his favorite. That doesn't mean that he was the best or the biggest or anything like that. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, editorialize or say that's what I'm saying here by any means. Um, he's the only one that can answer that question. But, but from my recollection of just. You know the 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 buzz. Even even you know the buzz goes and it goes and it goes and it and it circulates through the fan base and it hits Twitter and it hits message boards and it hits your show and we write about it and it's all part of that buzz, right? Well, very rarely do you hear or see or feel it actually hit Bill Self. I mean, he's a pretty cool customer. So in that moment, I'll, I'll never forget it. I mean, he he was very very jacked about Remy and. I think he thought he was a difference maker, and you know, as it turned out, it took a long, long time to get there. But he was. They don't win the title without him. And um, I, you know, I, I think I might have talked to him the day Remy committed. I think I talked to Self like three separate times, and and just you know, kind of updating and checking in and checking in and checking in. And have you talked to him yet? And all these things. I mean, he was he was so excited about landing him. And uh, so so for me, you know, that'll be one that 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 registers way up there too. Um, obviously, a, 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 an experience that I was kind of a part of is, is the reason for that. But, but yeah, when you look at all the guys that he's been able to pull in late, um, it's amazing. I mean, I, you know, the, uh, Diedrich Lawson is another one. Diedrich and KJ Lawson was, was a pretty big, if I'm not mistaken, spring mm-hmm. get. And, uh, you know, we, none of us really knew too much about those guys. And the next thing you know, you, you look into them and, oh my gosh, these dudes can play. Whoa, Diedrich's numbers were ridiculous. And and this KJ dude seems like he can play a little bit, too. I wonder how much he'll play here. I mean, it just – it's a phenomenon unto itself. And, and, and you know, I know that it's kind of tongue-in-cheek when people say that, but I, I think it's perfectly uh, – it perfectly defines Bill Self and, and what he has built here and how he builds it. I mean, you might look at a team like you have right now with four guys returning – and yet still fans, by and large anyway, there's probably the two percenters out there that, that panic and freak out and don't believe that he's going to get it done another time. But the 98%, they, they just are so confident and believe that no matter what it is, he's going to find a way. And, and I think that has been increased and enhanced by the transfer portal because, as I think we talked about last week, like you just don't even know – you don't even know who's in the portal, right? Like there's going to be guys next week that pop in that you didn't know were going to be in. And so that opens up new doors and, and new opportunities for self and his staff to, well, he fits us or he, you know, wow, let's, I didn't know we could have a shot at him. Let's take a run, you know, or whatever it is. So I, I think the portal just, just sort of grows that legend. Um, but it, it is perfect for him, and it's a reminder that, you know, no matter how many or how few players there are on that roster, he's going to figure it out. He's, a, he's the ultimate GM. He builds a roster like very few people um, at any level that I've ever seen, and, and there's no reason to think he won't keep doing it for a long time, especially after the, the words we heard from him uh, earlier this month about how just locked in and, and convicted he is about continuing to do his job that he loves. Okay, so I probably should have asked this to you off air before we had you on, but now with your new position, and I don't know because technically this is your last week of the LJ World. Are you are you allowed to still talk about you know prospective players at this point in time about uh, players who are not on Kansas, or is that a no no? I believe I am. Okay. I mean, the, so the, the 
It's a good question, though. Um, that you know, the, well, I don't want to get you in trouble. Short, short. Right. No, I don't want you to either. Uh, <laughs> the very, very short, short version of the of the new job, as I can quickly des- describe what it is, is you know, in, in, instead of working for the paper, I am I, the per- Perpetual Sports Network is a media company, and so I am still, in a sense, a member of the media. But what the network they are creating is. Um, hopefully across the country with a bunch of different schools, but KU right now um, and with me involved is is tied to NIL. So it's it's very heavily based on you know promoting the athletes mm-hmm. that KU has, um, telling their stories, in depth feature stories, long form writing, things of that nature. That frankly I've done and always like to do. Um, I just haven't always had time as our staff has shrunk at the paper and and size of the paper has shrunk and things, you know, on a day-to-day basis just have gotten more challenging there. So uh, that was part of what made the opportunity so awesome is, you know, I get to go up to a dude like KJ Adams and just sit down and interview him and talk to him about, tell me your life story. And then we get into it. And then I talk to some other people. And so, you know, the, the, the big idea being just promoting the athletes and telling, you know, positive stories about who these kids are and not just KU basketball and not just KU football, but, there are KU baseball players, there are KU soccer players, there are KU tennis players that, you know, all have great stories that need to be told. And, and now, hopefully, um, I'm going to have a lot more time to tell all of them, not just, not just the, uh, the most popular ones. And, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So I don't think there's any, you know, reason okay. that you can't tell the story of a kid who may or may not come to campus either, you know. So um, now... I may not know much more about it until they get here, but you never know. So, yeah, you know, you know, I, I feel like if you ask me a tough question, which you're prone to do, if it puts me in any, uh, you know, we'll we'll come up with a safe word, right? If it puts me in any kind of jeopardy of like, if I say something here, I'm going to be in trouble, then I'll just say, you know, coconuts or whatever, and and you'll know what I mean. No one else will unless they're listening right now, but we'll uh, we'll safe word it. So that sounds good. I, I think that's that's safe. And and oh, by the way, when I get off the phone here, I'll also double check on that and make sure because I don't want to even walk up to that line. Yeah. Well, uh, the reason I asked is I, I had a question about a couple of these these transfers that uh, KU is. I don't know, visiting with or, or whatever over the course of this sure. next week or two. Um, and um, I appreciate the answer. That's a good answer. And I'm looking forward to all the uh, kind of content telling the stories about those different players and whatnot. But um, I, I guess I'll leave it a little more generic uh, than than looking into the individual players, just in case. Um, sure. Obviously, this is a busy next couple of weeks with a lot of the talked about visits that the KU might be having and whatnot. Uh, you don't have to get into individual players about what would make it successful or not. But in terms of at this point in time, what you think is realistic, what you think uh, KU is trying to do with the offseason from a fundamental approach of they want X, Y, and Z, whether it's player types, position types, or just what attributes they're looking to add to the roster. What do you think would make a realistic, positive offseason from this point moving forward for KU? Yeah, well, you know, obviously they have DeWan and KJ as, as you know, returning starters and and really talented dudes who you know you're going to get heart and soul out of both of those guys every freaking night. And so I think that's really important. I wrote a story earlier today um, kind of about looking at the leadership piece of the puzzle there um, because, you know, the, the, there will be some, some leadership that needs to be addressed. I mean, Jalen Wilson was a massive part of that leadership, um, and, and so was Kevin McCuller. And, and um, you know, they're, they're losing guys that, that – carry that that weight and guys from the year before too so um you know i I think that 
I think that those two are incredible leaders, but I think you would like to see them add some guys who have played some college basketball too, you know, that, that can come in and kind of be like Kevin McCuller was, right? Like even though he was only one year at Kansas and hadn't been uh, a part of the KU culture before, he had played enough basketball in the Big 12 at a high level to to know and to be a leader in the sense of, hey, here's how you here's how you do this. Here's how you play D1 high major basketball and to help those guys figure that out. So I think that, that that's a big part of it, uh, in, and I think that, that that'll be important. Um, but it'll be, you know, it'll be made easier by the fact that DeWan and KJ are here and they're going to be sort of your obvious leaders. But, um, but yeah, I mean, to, to get to it, like, I, I think that that's part of it. But I think that, look, man, I mean, you know, I think if, if KU can – there's a lot they can offer right now. There's a lot of playing time to, to serve up. There's a lot of uh, holes they have to fill. I was doing the math on the three-point shooting um, the other night that, that, you know, that they have to replace by losing Kevin and Grady and, and Jay Will and, and even Joe Yosefu made 24 last year. So I, I think when you throw Joe in there, counting those four, I think it's up to like 82 or 85% of three-point makes that they're list, missing out on. Um, that left that left the program. I mean, that's that's significant. You're going to have to find guys that fill it up and and can shoot the ball. And and so some of them will be those freshmen um, that get at least get the opportunity to do that. But yeah, there's no doubt that they need to add somebody or somebody's who can shoot the ball and 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 fill that need. So I mean, look, I think that everybody kind of knows the players that they're they're tied to right now and talking to and interested in and vice versa and. If if in three four weeks you you were to fast forward and tell me that KU added Hunter Dickinson, Harrison Ingram, and and uh, Nick Timberlake to the roster, I, I would say A plus. I mean, you know, I don't I don't even, you maybe even give two or three pluses with that because those three players or players like that. Um, they they fill so many different roles. They would add some experience. They would add some shooting. They would add some scoring. They would add some size. They would add some versatility. They would add some backcourt help. I mean, there's just so many things. And there are other players out there. If they miss on all those guys or only get one or two of them, you know, there are other players they can get. And, and they're obviously tied to some of those as well and, and kind of trying to figure out who fits the most and the best and, and how it all works. But, um, but but yeah, I think that I think that that would be a slam dunk in a big big way. And I honestly think if you get Dickinson, um, you're, you're probably at an A plus anyway. No matter who the other two or three guys you might add to, um, because he, he's just such a monster. And and he's he's you know what you're getting with him. And again, you're filling a, a pretty important need. Not to say Ernest and and Zuby couldn't come back and 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 have great years. I mean they they obviously are all in and they're committed and they want to make a jump and, and really become players too. And so they'll have a role and they'll have an opportunity to do that, but they can still do that even with a guy like Dickinson in the lineup. So um, I think the, I think the, the way the portal is set up right now, um, as far as who's in it and, and who KU can pursue, I don't think you could ask for a much better situation for them right now because you're going to go add some good pieces if you get any of those guys, and then you're bringing them in to mesh with the four incoming freshmen, which I know Self still believes is an important part of it, and then two guys like Dewan and KJ who are, 
you know, culture guys, leaders, they're going to show you, hey, this is how we do things here. And you're going to get in line behind us because we've been here and we've done it. And so I, I just don't think you could ask for much more. And I think that's reason enough to expect that, you know, a month from now or two months from now or whatever it is, Self's going to have a pretty damn good roster again, and he's going to have a, a top five, top ten team, and, and it's going to be business as usual for Kansas basketball. He is Matt Tate, Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com for the rest of the week, and then he will be Matt Tate of the Perpetual Sports Network and Mass Street Collective. Matt, appreciate the time as always, man, and uh, look forward to talking to you down the road as well. Yeah, likewise, man. Thanks for uh, everything, always. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad we can keep it rolling and, and have some fun. And, and uh, you know, we'll brainstorm if we need to. I'll, I'll, I'll try to help you um, figure out how to how to maybe not try, try to chew on a whole mouthful of new words. But we'll figure something out. <laughs> I've got faith in you, number one. And then, and then if I can help anyway, I will. But, but, yeah, excited to keep it rolling. And, you know, always a highlight of my week to jump on with you guys and, and talk a little – KU basketball, KU football, KU whatever there might be. So let's keep it rolling. And, and uh, yeah, I can't, I can't stress enough, though, how, how absolutely uh, blessed and lucky I am to have had the, the run at the paper that I did. And I hope everybody listening that, that's uh, supported the paper to this point will continue to do so because, uh, you know, they'll get someone in there and, and it'll be a little different. But they'll, uh, they'll continue to, to work hard and do the best they absolutely can and, and cover all things Lawrence and KU and everything like that. So I know I will switch from being one of those guys bringing that coverage to uh, one of the people out there supporting that coverage and, and just rooting for the paper because I do think it's so, so, so critically important to any community, but especially this one. So there's my, uh, there's my bon voyage to the paper, and, and uh, I will certainly be rooting for them to continue the great work they do. Well, very well said. And, Matt, uh, once again, I guess we'll uh, talk to you next week or so. Sounds good. I'll be around. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Matt Tate. I guess we can just say Matt Tate. Everybody knows Matt Tate. Do we need to add a tag? We'll just Matt deal with Tate. that. Yeah. He is uh, Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. One hour down, two to go. KU Mailbag next. This is RCST. Four o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Later this hour, we're going to be joined by Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. He'll uh, chat a little more KU college basketball transfer portal with Kevin coming up later in the show. We are out early today at 5.50 for KU baseball coverage with uh, first pitch scheduled for 6. Nick will head uh, head out a little earlier than that for some free state softball over on 92.9 The Bowl at 5.30 with pregame at 5.20. So uh, last week, we were supposed to have a show last Friday. Yeah, and, and then the KU baseball yes, game on Friday moved up. got moved up because of the weather. So that canceled our show on Friday. Yes. And so I was actually supposed to, well, I was, I was out at the KU Relays all, all Friday and Saturday, and um, we ahead of time got like some KU mailbag stuff yep. for, I think we had a couple questions left over from like the week before, Yep. and in addition to that, you got a couple questions for Friday. Yep. Um, we also recorded a Florida Man Mad Libs before I left for KU Relays, which we're going to air later today on the show. Um, so we have a bunch of KU mailbag questions and we have the ones coming in for this week still too. <laughs> so we're going to do two KU mailbags this week, which I don't think is a big deal because no, yeah, it's, first we love all, the segment. It's my favorite segment. We love interacting and with you, the listeners. Yeah, you guys always awesome. ask fun questions. Yes. Um, so let's just get into it. KU mailbag time. First up from Jason. This was from a couple weeks ago. Primo Spears, has your opinion changed at all or all that much on him and where he might be in the pecking order of transfers? 
no, my opinion's been pretty much the same. I mean, I think I think the knee-jerk reaction to the KU interested in him was like, this guy stinks, why is KU interested in him, blah, 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 blah. I was never really that extreme, but like he's he's not a very great three-point shooter. He played on a bad Georgetown team, put up good numbers, but again, when you have a guy who, who puts up really good numbers on a bad team, the question is always, is he a good player or is he just on a really bad team? And that's why his numbers look so good, mm-hmm. right? So there's that question with, with Primo Spears, but... But no, I think I think he's pretty much I view him pretty much as the same as like a potential decent backup option and a guy that when you look at what he could be, he he probably would be able to to do about the same or potentially better than what Joe and Bobby did off the bench, right? So if he's like your if he's like your first guard off the bench, his floor is probably a little higher than Joe, I would think, because he's played at a at a power 6 program I guess in the Big East compared to Joe coming from more of a mid-major type program. So probably a little bit of a higher floor and maybe a higher ceiling also coming off the bench potentially. But I, I think he's definitely not your number one guy for Kansas. But listen, got to have contingency plans. And I think he's a, he could be a decent option for a guy coming off the bench potentially. Yeah, that's how I view it. So um, if you're viewing Primo Spears as somebody who's going to come in and be like a starter level play, I, I don't view that. To me, he is a... He's a fine backup option, but to be honest, there there's a part of me that doesn't even know if he he is a real backup option because of the eligibility thing. Uh, that's that's another part of this. He transferred from Duquesne to Georgetown. He's transferring again this year. The NCAA said they're going to start cracking down on second time transfers. Now there's certain loopholes you can get around it. Maybe he can. Maybe he can't. That is a huge risk to take though yes. on a guy that. Like it's one thing to take that risk on, like if it was Hunter Dickinson, you know, where it's like, <laughs> oh, this guy could be the national player of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's another to do that for Primo Spears. So that is a big, big part of it. Now, as far as just the player, if you told me he's going to be automatically eligible, um, yeah, I don't love that the three point percentage is only thirty percent the last two years. I don't love that he's not a very good defender. Um, I don't love that, like you said, he could have just been putting up big stats on a very bad team. This is yeah. not. This is not just like. You know, because I, I, I've seen some people talk about this, that like, oh, well, of course Georgetown was bad, but so was like uh, Arizona State with Remy Martin. Okay, well, Arizona State, Remy Martin's final year with Arizona State was 86th on Ken Palm. Georgetown wasn't just bad for like power schools. They were bad in general. They ranked 219th in the country. Yeah, and also Remy Martin had been a proven legitimate score for multiple years. And like literally the year before that, Arizona State came into Allen yeah. us and beat KU. Yeah. If I said that KU... Oh, and Ray Martin had a great game, by the way, when they beat KU. If I said that KU was adding a player from George Washington who averaged 16-5, and would you be a little worried about the jump up? You probably have the same reaction. You probably would. Well, George Washington ranked 217th on Ken Palm. Georgetown (laughs) was 219th. Remember Howard, the 16th seed Kansas played in the first round? Howard was ranked 218th. That's one spot I have Georgetown. (laughs) So that that is a bit of a problem. So you're telling me Georgetown should have been in the NCAA tournament as a 16th (laughs) seed? I guess, I guess. Um, But I will say there are some positives here. I I don't, uh, this is why to me, it's like, I've actually, he's come around to me a little bit as a backup option Yeah. because he is a good isolation score. He ranked in the 68th percentile in isolation scoring last season at Georgetown. Now he also ranked in the 99th percentile in the amount of times that he uh, was basically scoring in isolation, so he did it a lot. Does Bill Self generally like ISO guys? No, not really. (laughs) Now, we do know that there is a little bit of mix there of KU could use somebody who can create his own shot, but you're right. If you're doing it that much, 
that's going to kind of make Bill Self a little bit mad. He was below average in transition play, which KU likes to do. He was good as a pick-and-roll ball handler, but he wouldn't really be doing that as much because you have Dewan Harris. He was actually 63rd percentile in spot-up shooting. He'd probably be doing more of that than he did at Georgetown, so that is a good thing. So there are some traits there that you like. Ability to create your own shot, ability to hit spot-up shots. Um, a little bit better than maybe the 30% indicates. And, so and maybe the defense a, would be a little bit better on a team where he'd be willing to try more that's better and that he wouldn't have to carry as much of a load offensively. So just a long roundabout way of saying a decent option as a backup, but Correct. probably not one of KU's top choices. Yeah, like for instance, Nicholas Timberlake to me is way above Primo Spears. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know, the Arterio Morris one's different because that's like off the court stuff, but I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see if it gets there. Yeah. Okay, uh, this one from Lyle. Any worries about Hunter Dickinson being kind of a prima donna or bad on defense? Uh, I don't really think so. I mean, I don't, first of all, I don't know Hunter Dickinson like personally or anything like that. I, I don't really know his personality. And I didn't watch a ton of Michigan last year, but I think he ended up doing okay on defense. And I, I don't have much of a concern about that. And I think the biggest concern, I guess, from a defense perspective is I don't know how well he can switch, which is what KU likes to do a lot of, or how well he can defensively, potentially defend around the perimeter if he's asked to do that. But to me, this is not a concern. You have Dewan Harris, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. You have KJ Adams, another solid defensive player. Like, the defense is going to be fine. Whatever issues Hunter Dickinson might have on defense, I think is significantly outweighed by what he brings to you on the offensive end. Yeah, correct. So uh, the prima donna thing, I, I feel like that probably... He's very much someone who, like, he'll talk trash out there. Um, he, for other schools that play against him, uh, they do not like him. Um, <laughs> I, they're also, he, like, he, he does his, like, podcast, and I don't know if that would be something he would keep doing at KU. I don't think Bill Self would want him to, but also, like, if that's a contingent and he's like, well, that's the only way I'm coming here if I keep doing it, then I don't know. You probably just deal with it. Um, so, I... Um, don't really worry about that, to be completely honest. I, no. I think like, okay, I, I, I mean this in a nice way. Because I think I think sometimes the connotation of the word prima donna can be negative. I think but it's like, very negative. But okay. it doesn't have to be negative. But I don't think it like, has to be. That's what I'm saying. Like Remy Martin was kind of a prima donna, but it was like in a fun way. You yeah. know? Yeah, he, um, was, he was a showman. Honestly, Jalen Wilson was kind of a prima donna, but it was like in a good way. Like <laughs> he wasn't a pre like Sometimes you think of prima donna and it makes you think of like, oh, they're soft and they're not going to do the hard work to win. No, Jalen Wilson did the hard work to win. He was not soft. Remy Martin did the hard work at the, the end and figured it out and was not soft. Hunter Dickinson is not soft. He does the hard work just because he likes doing extracurricular things and he likes, you know, being more than just basketball. Maybe you would call that a bit of a prima donna, but I don't really care. I think it's okay you know to have I've been personality. Thinking? Bill Self didn't use the word soft this year at all, really, to describe his team. Mm -hmm. Do you think... Bill Self has gone soft by not <laughs> calling his team soft. I dare you so much, next Bill Self press conference, to say that to him and see what he says. You will get escorted out of the building. Um, so, okay, as far as the bad defense thing, Hunter Dickinson is a good post-up defender. He's a pretty good rim protector. About 1.8, two blocks per game. Um, he also is, is pretty good about like situational awareness. His problem is, like you said, he can't really defend in space. So KU would not be running the same thing they did last year where they switched five. But let's go back a year before that. KU wasn't switching five with David McCormick. No. They were switching they had, one through four. Or when they had Doak. Yeah, exactly. They were switching one through four, and then your your center was playing 
it depended on the big man. Like, maybe they were switching late in shot clock with Doak, but for the most part, they weren't. Maybe with David McCormick, it was drop scheme. Maybe with one of the guys, it was more like hedging ball screens or icing ball screens and all these different terms you might hear from guys that know basketball more than me. Um, so, you know, Bill Self is a master of this, and he did struggle defending in space, but I think KU would do a good job of playing a coverage that hides that a little bit more. And also, he did struggle in pick-and-roll defense. He was only in the 19th percentile last year. Again, I have faith that Bill Self would be able to figure out. He always does on the defensive end. And guess well, and what? Dude, you've got the yeah, yeah, you have player of other the year in the Big 12 at your point guard. Right. With Dewan Harris. Yeah. So, i uh not overly worried about it. Yes, maybe it, it, it disallows you if you have Hunter Dickinson for me in a top-five defense. But if you're like the 15th best defense and, and have a top, top five, five offense, exactly. who yes. cares? You're going to be great. 100%. Yeah. Uh, okay, this one from Tanner. With the NFL draft coming up here in a few in a couple weeks, where do you see Lonnie Phelps and Earl Bostick being drafted or signing if they go undrafted? So I think they're both looking to be probably third-day guys at this point. I, I think Earl Bostick has a better chance of being drafted higher, and I think that's because teams could definitely see him as like a developmental type player. I mean, he's got, he's certainly has the body type to profile to be like a, a starting tackle. It's right? the ultimate he's, debate of <clears throat> size product versus production or like, like NFL athleticism size versus like Lonnie Phelps has the production. Yes. But he's, but he's only what? 245 smaller, pounds. Yeah. And you look at Earl Boston, but he doesn't have as good of a production. Season. Right. Yeah. But not as good as Lonnie Phelps. Yeah. But he's got the he's size six, of an six, NFL tackle, three, right? Yeah, like he's he's he is he is exactly your prototypical what you're looking for at, a, at the tackle position six mm-hmm. six three ten. So I suspect that just on that alone, he will probably get drafted higher by a team who thinks they can develop him long term into a potential tackle option. With Lonnie Phelps, yeah, I think it's interesting because you know when the season ended in Memphis for Kansas. Everyone was like, okay, great. Lonnie Phelps will come back. He'll be the centerpiece of your defense as the star X-Factor type player. Well, then he goes to the draft, and it's like, okay, you know, where is he going to end up? I I think maybe sixth, seventh round, potentially undrafted. But I what I do think, though, is I think Lonnie Phelps is going to be on an NFL team. I think he's going to get signed, either drafted or undrafted. I think he'll, I think he'll be on a team for, like, fall camps or OTAs, whatever. Bostic, I think, could... I was looking at actually some projections. He he's projected as high as the fifth round, so five through seven would probably be the range. Bostic, I think, definitely has a chance to go much higher, but I suspect Phelps will still make a team and be on a fall camp team or OTA somewhere. Yeah, so I'm looking uh, right now at the Athletic, and they have let's see Earl Bostic going in the seventh round. Um, to the Indianapolis Colts in the early seventh, they have Lonnie Phelps. Meanwhile, going in the kind of latter half of the sixth round. Oh, really? So they have to the higher. Miami Dolphins. But I think you're right. I, I think anytime you get to those day three picks, it's just kind of it is kind of a crapshoot. Like the the difference between the team picking you in the fifth round and the seventh round really isn't that much. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that's right. I. It really does seem like a coin flip between which guy does go first. It, it is. Just I think. It, I think it'll be a Bostic, but I guess it could go either way. Yeah. I if you're if you're asking me which one I think will be better in the NFL, I do think it's Phelps. I would go with the production, um, and I, I do think he'll. You know, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe it benefits Lonnie Phelps to be in a system where it's like a three four as kind of an, a little bit of an undersized guy. Yeah. But I don't know how much she would be able to like get out and pass coverage or whatnot. But I, I think both guys um, are in okay enough position to at least get drafted here. Um, if they if they go undrafted, uh, where would they sign? I I honestly have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, honestly, with Lonnie Phelps, though, it would make sense for, like, the Chiefs. You're you're right across in Kansas City. They're looking for extra pass rushers. Like, Yeah, sure. Be. Yeah. Okay, this one from uh, Lane. In light of the Kansas relays, who would win in a 100-meter dash, Derek or Nick? Okay. My initial reaction was immediately that you would win easily. Mm. But then I started thinking about it. Most sprinters are shorter, kind of lighter guys. Yes, notably like short Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt's the exception. He is the exception to the rule. But no, you but, are right. But yeah, so I think maybe I might actually have a chance. So I am not fast. I was, I mean, I haven't ran like legitimately sprinted in a very long time. So I don't know. But I, My honestly gut reaction. I, uh, you think I, I would win? I think you would win. You think I would win? I'm not that fast. Okay. Yeah. You're kind of like the lumbering giant. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good way of putting it. <laughs> Which is sad because it's like, you know, for normal people, I'm 6'5", it's like, okay, you're pretty tall. But that's, then that's when, like, tall. if, it, if I was, like, a basketball player, I'd be, like, slower than the center, but, like, smaller <laughs> than the shooting guard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. You would not do well there. But yeah, I think I'd take you. I'd take you in that. Okay. Okay. Shreyas, I heard Nick Springer isn't a Canes guy anymore, per sources. Can he confirm or deny that? And what's the new chicken spot of show? If okay, so? first of all, <laughs> I have no idea who is spreading these unfounded rumors. Okay. Would you like I'm to confirm Kane's or deny? Guy. I'm still Kane's okay. guy, but I have been dabbling at a new chicken location. Okay. Okay, see, how As would a, you feel? Uh, on the side. How would you feel if you were dating someone and they said, you know, I'm still a Nick guy, but I've been dabbling with some other dates. Does that well, make you no longer a Kane's guy? No, You're I'm dabbling still a Kane's with guy. other No, I'm still a Kane's guy. All right, let me let me let me clarify. Let okay. me clarify. I live near Six and Walker in Lawrence, okay. which is kind of on the far west side of Lawrence. Okay. There is a cane there is a chicken location mm-hmm. of a, another chicken place. Yeah. That is near Six and Wakarusa, okay, Mm -hmm. which is like maybe three minutes from where I live. Mm -hmm. The only Canes in Lawrence is located near 25th and Iowa, okay? A good 10 to 15 minute drive from where I'm at, okay? The other place is like three minutes. 10 to 15 minute drive one way, by the way. So 15 minutes one way, Mm -hmm. potentially. So after a long day at the office, arguing with you, Derek. Oh. Don't put it's this so on me. It's so tough. Don't I'm just put this exhausted. on Exhausted. Sometimes, a few times, yes, <laughs> I have gone to the location of an undisclosed chicken place wow. that is closer to my apartment than Kane. Cheating on Kane. That does not mean wow. that I'm not a Kane's guy. Mm. Not even come close to it. Okay? So I just want to clarify. Okay. Kane's through and through. Bleed Kane sauce. <laughs> All right? But occasionally, you got to test the competition. Mm-hmm. You got to see what the competition has, you know, just to make sure that Kane's is still number one. So yes, but there it's still is number place. one for you. Absolutely, hundred okay. percent. No questions asked. I do love the idea because that that's a very like Lawrence thing, and it's I I agree. I live on like the same end of town you do, and 
You know, it's it's funny because me and my wife will be like, ah, oh, we gotta drive all the way across town. Yeah, dude. Like, like I want to go get. Gonna, I want to go get some Five Guys. Drive Thirty first in Iowa. To Home Depot. Drive yeah. Fourteen yeah. minutes one and way. Meanwhile, my my in laws live like out in the country, and they have to drive like thirty minutes just to get to the grocery store. And it's just like it's just funny okay. how we kind of view now, things like that. The other, and I will say this, I will say this about Canes. If there's one thing about Canes that is maybe a bit of a downside to it, it is that the way they prepare things and how you know fresh and hot everything is. And they put it in the styrofoam boxes. Yeah. The fries, if you don't eat, if, if you go to the drive-thru and then you don't eat the canes right away, the fries will tend to become a bit more soggy. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, for instance, if you have to drive 15 minutes to get home before you can eat your canes, they get a bit more soggy. Yeah. Okay? So eat your so, fries on the way. I'm just saying, there is an undisclosed location of a chicken competition <laughs> that I have that I have dabbled with. A few times, okay, mm-hmm. but canes all the way. How yeah. how and listen. I'm how not recently even have you been? Like, how many times recently have you been to this other chicken place before the last time you've been to Canes? Let's see. I got Canes literally last Friday. Oh, okay. And so. <laughs> I have not been to okay. the other chicken place since then. All right. So yeah, still your number one. That's cool. <laughs> um, all right, this uh, this one from Scott. We have a couple listen, others. I'm a nice guy. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to root out the source of who claims that I'm no longer. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even gonna bother. I'm just gonna let it slide. Okay. Uh, this last one from Scott. We have a couple others, but we'll get to these later in the week on our second KU mailbag. Uh, favorite that's so Raven episode. Barring an answer, you can also answer for the sweet life of Zach and Cody or fairly odd parents. All right, I have a bit of a confession to make here. Okay. When I was a kid, so when I was like you know nine, ten years old. I did not have cable, mm-hmm. so I did not watch like Nickelodeon, Disney Channel. So Sweet Life, Zach and Cody, Fairly Odd Parents. I didn't really watch that stuff when I was a kid because I didn't really get cable. But that's so Raven was on Saturday mornings after the cartoons. I think I'm pretty sure. So I did watch that's so Raven occasionally, and I don't have a specific favorite episode that I can recall. But I did watch that one. I didn't. I didn't actually really watch the other two that much because I didn't really have cable when I was a kid, like beyond. Which I know in like 2023, people are like, "Dude, you didn't have cable? Listen, it was 2007. Okay, times were different. All right, not everybody had eight billion channels. Okay, huh? so that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, um, I watched some That's a Raven, but not enough to remember any episodes. Uh, Sweet Life, Zach and Cody. I watched that as well, but. I don't know. There's not like one specific episode that pops up. Uh, same with Fairly Odd Parents. The the one that I remember the most for that would be the like time travel one. Um, I don't. I couldn't tell you everything that happened. I just remember. I did watch some Fairly Odd Parents. It was a good episode. When I would go I to know. like friends' houses. Yeah, stuff, it was good. All, all three of those I watched at least some of them. If I were to rank them, I'll, I'll do this since I don't have an okay, epi- uh, an actual episode. Go ahead. Um, I will go one Fairly Odd Parents. Two, Sweet Life, Zach and Cody. Three, That's So Raven. Here's what I will say. Saturday morning cartoons, I would do Yu-Gi-Oh! That. That was my thing. Okay? Saturday morning Yu-Gi-Oh! All right. Well, that'll be Scott's question next week. They did the episode, or I think it was like actually maybe like a whole series of episodes where they would do Yu-Gi-Oh! duels on motorcycles. (laughs) And it was awesome. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I loved it. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We got a couple more questions. Sorry, Jeff and Frank. We'll get to those on uh, the later edition this week of KU Mailbag. Uh, Kevin Flaherty going to join us in 15 minutes. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. 
That time on a Tuesday, we talk with Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, has uh, left the building. He is getting ready for some free state softball over on 92.9 The Bowl. I'll be on the call with Gus Balo tonight for KU Baseball at 6 o'clock, pregame 5.50 here on KLWN. Uh, so, Kevin, we, we were having a, a spring bill conversation earlier in the show, uh, the term that gets floated around about Bill Self and how good he is at kind of closing deals once we get to the spring portion of the year and some of the big uh, recruits that the KU has been able to land in the spring when, you know, it's it's been, hey, maybe there's, there's one or two of these white whales out there that it's like, can you land them uh, with not a lot of other of other of these top end talents that are out there. And a lot of times he comes through with them. When you think of that term spring bill, is there a recruit or a commitment or story that most comes to mind to you? You know, I, it's funny because this is going to be going back a little ways, but I think it really applies to the transfer portal and a lot of different things and the success that he's had in the spring. Zabie Henry is one that really jumps out at me because it seems like even in recruitments where, you know, Bill Self is beaten or arguably beaten, you know, earlier in the process, he still does enough to build that relationship and he still does enough to where, you know, you see sometimes where things go ugly in recruiting when a guy picks one school or over another or, or makes a decision. And I think you see with the transfer portal, you saw with the Xavier Henry recruitment, among others, you know, obviously there was the coaching change there uh, with Xavier that, that reopened his recruitment. And Bill Self sort of staying in there and having that relationship and having built that in the first place, you know, moved Kansas to the front of the line. And I think when you look at at these transfers, when you look at Jalen Wilson is another one, obviously, was headed to Michigan. Jalen Wilson reopens. He's, you know, arguably the top player out there at that point, you know, right around the top 50 player, I think. He might have been 49 or 50 or 51, you know, at that time. But just about everybody else was, you know, was signed or, or delivered somewhere else. And the fact that Kansas already had that relationship there, had built that relationship, they're just, they're never out of it. And so I think that when you look at the transfer portal in particular, a lot of those guys are guys that you recruited initially, right? Like Remy Martin was the guy that, that Kansas kind of recruited initially, and then you're seeing them reopen, and Kansas has those relationships, has stayed on solid footing with with those kids and the people around them, and that really allows them to kind of be in pole position when things open up later in the process. Yeah, is that is that the biggest reason why they have had success? Because, I mean, you go down the list, and some of the names that they've been able to land in the spring from Darrell Arthur to Andrew Wiggins to Josh Jackson and then in the portal with guys like the the Lawson brothers and Malik Newman and recently with you know your Kevin McCullers and, and Remy Martins. Is that just the biggest reason why it's it's kind of staying committed to it? Or do you think there is something to the notion of, hey, when, when Bill Self doesn't have to worry about playing basketball games, like it, it it's pretty tough to beat him on the recruiting trail? Well, there's it's probably a combination of things. And I think even beyond that, I, I think when you're at this point, in the calendar, it's a lot easier to sell somebody on a vision, right? Because even teams that have open spots, and obviously Kansas is one of those when you look at 
who the Jayhawks have. They they don't have a transfer addition just yet. There are holes on that roster, but you can talk to somebody and show them what you're thinking. You can say, hey, if you're Harrison Ingram, here is how you would fit in with the guys that we have coming back and the guys that we're planning on bringing in. You can do the same thing with Hunter Dickinson. And so I think there's there's a little bit of that as well, but I do think the biggest thing is just None of those bridges ever really seem burned, right? You know, it's. Uh, I remember covering a football prospect once, and, and he flipped from a Power Five school to another Power Five school, and the Power Five head coach who lost him just went nuts on, on the kid and his dad, and accused the other school of foul play and, and all these different things. And you can't do that in today's day, day and age, right? Because of the transfer portal, because there's a chance that things are going to reopen. And, and even when Kansas has lost people and lost, you know, sort of these pitch recruiting battles, they haven't blown up any bridges. And that's not just with the specific kids or their families. That's the people around them too, because you have coaches and you have advisors and you have all these different people and they can look at it and say, well, okay, when player X, chose this school rather than Kansas. I remember Kansas was pretty cool about it. And so I do think that, you know, not blowing up anything and, you know, burning your bridges and everything, I think that's a big part of it too. Talking with Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Uh, Something we talked about yesterday on the show was if there's a correlation between having maybe your most recruiting success depending on which visit you have in the order, right? Like, if you have the, the last visit, do most of those schools tend to get more of the commitments? Or is that, that a chicken and egg discussion of, well, they, they happen to have the, the last visit because the kid commits, so of course he's not going to take any other visits after that? I, I don't know. Is, is that something that, that you think schools try to do in terms of, like, they, they try to be the first one or the last one? Like, does that matter at all in recruiting? Yeah, I think it depends on the kid in the position with the kid because some people do see themselves and coaches see themselves as closers. Right. And so if they feel like, Hey, this is a close thing, maybe they want that last at bat still other times, you know, maybe you're not feeling great about a kid. And so you want the first visit because you don't want him to commit somewhere else. You know, if you're visit number five and he never gets to number five, you know, what have you really done? If he, if he takes visit number one or number two and says, okay, I'm good you know, then you just lost on a kid without even having a chance to make your case. And so I do think there's something to be said for that. There is something to to get in that, that final visit. You know, in football, how many times do we see somebody kind of wavering a little bit? Maybe they're committed somewhere, and they take a visit somewhere else like the week before signing day. And, and you know, I, I think that the conversion rate at that point is extremely high. And so – you know, you do want to have all things being equal. I think you want to have sort of the the last pitch, the last chance to be on their mind and, and make your case. And and in a lot of cases, the other thing about that, you know, when when I covered uh, when I covered Texas, you know, when they had when they recruited guys like Julius Randle, when they recruited Miles Turner, one of the reasons they like to have one of the last visits was they like to be able to respond to what other people were saying. And so if somebody negative recruited against them and said, oh, you know, this, this, or this, 
they could come into that visit and they'd have a chance to address it. Whereas if their visit was first, their visit was second, the third person, you know, firebombs them, they're, they're just kind of out of luck in terms of being able to sit there and look the kid in the eye and tell them, you know, what, what they're thinking on that situation. And so I do think the last visit is kind of ideal for a lot of that, but if you think you can wrap it up early, then do it. You know, <laughs> there's no easier way to beat somebody in recruiting than, you know, to land the kid before they go visit over there. And, you know, at the same time, if you think that maybe a, a guy is, is leaning somewhere else, I think you also want an early visit just so you can say, hey, you know, let's let's pull the rope back our way a little bit more in this tug of war. If you had to rank or just list out the top few things right now that are having an impact on why guys are transferring or what is leading them to their next destination. I, I feel like NIL would be, I don't know, maybe at the top of that list, but how, how, just how important is it? Like, uh, cause we're seeing certain guys who it's clearly not about, you know, getting more playing time. Um, there are other guys where maybe you're almost confused cause it looked like they were going to get more playing time, but then they transfer away from the program does it feel like NIL is, is without a doubt, like it, it's very clearly the number one driving force in, in a lot of these transfers? And how much does that impact some of the smaller leagues? Like, that, is that only like a, a power conference level thing? You know, it, it mostly is a power conference thing at this point. And guys who transfer down, you know, it, it's not like when somebody transfers to UNC Asheville, they're like, okay, what can you pay me? It, you know, right. it, a lot of times it, in that situation, they're looking at opportunity. They're looking at, hey, can I be successful? Can the program be successful? You know, different things like that. I do think, you know, NIL is pretty important. It's not necessarily in most of these cases, though, that it seems like, hey, whoever pays me the most, that's where I'm going to go. Like, it's not, I don't want to make it seem like it's a straight up bidding process. And when you crack the gavel down and say sold, you know, that's. <laughs> That, that's where the player goes because that's what the highest bid was. A lot of times, though, you know, it, it's you, you've seen Moneyball, right? Yeah. You know, when when Jonah Hill is talking at the end, you know, to Brad Pitt about, you know, what the contract represents, and he says, well, what's it, what's it mean, you know, to be the highest paid GM in sports? He says it means the same thing that it does to a great player. It tells them that they're worth it. And I think that that's a big part of the NIL process now. It's not necessarily, hey, we have to beat out everybody with our NIL offer, but I think the NIL offer for a lot of these guys shows them that you're serious, right? It shows them that, hey, you're valued. This is what we can do for you. And if everybody is sort of close, you know, that's that's when some of that other stuff comes into play. When you look at opportunity and coaching style, what kind of team they're going to have. A lot of these guys do have professional aspirations. And so you look at whether or not, you know, this guy is going to give me a chance to get there, whether I'm going to get the touches that I need to get there. And in some cases too, guys are looking for a very specific type of opportunity. You know, there are players in the transfer portal who were say more like two guards last year but they want to play professionally, and they know that the way to do that is to play point guard. And so they want to go somewhere where they're going to have a chance to play point guard. And so there are a lot of different factors there. I do think NIL is important, and I do think that NIL is something that, that scales in terms of, you know, there's 
There's the the major conference level. Even within that, there's probably the high major level, you know, when you're talking about sort of the elite of the elite. And then, you know, the mid-major level is something totally different. Well, Hunter Dickinson, uh, that recruitment seems to be ramping up with uh, a lot of different schools that are in on him. Kansas would love to bring home Hunter Dickinson. You guys have Kansas right now, um, you know, outside of that top five range in your way too early top 25. If they do land Hunter Dickinson, how close does that get them? Does that get that? Does it get them into the range on, on its own doing? Yeah, I think that gets them probably to four, I would guess, just off the top of my head. Um, I, I need to, you know, when, when you look at the teams that we had at the very top, you know, we had Duke number one. They return a lot of guys who were freshmen this year, you know, five-star type guys who decided to come back, like Kyle Filipowski, you know, Tyrese Proctor. And then they're adding in a really good recruiting class on top of that. Two, we had Marquette, uh, with Marquette bringing back every starter and every major contributor except for one from a team that, you know, UConn won the national championship, but people forget that Marquette won the Big East regular season conference title and took two of three from UConn. So UConn had a better six game stretch, but Marquette, you know, you could argue had the better overall season up to that point, you know? And so Marquette bringing back all of those guys, I think makes them really interesting. Number two, I think I'm very interested to see can Marquette improve that roster in addition to guys just developing, you know, are they going to be able with all those guys being there to go out and land a, a big time transfer, do they even try to? You know, I, I think that's a question there. And then UConn with the guys that they have coming back, even if they lose, you know, some of these er, some of these early entry guys, you know, guys testing the water. I think Clinging is going to be really good. I love the freshman wings that they have coming in. Some of the other guys that, that look like they're going to stick around stores, I, I think, are, are going to be pretty good. And so those are kind of our top three. I think it's going to be tough for Kansas to pull into that top three, even if Kansas does add some of its top transfer targets. But it probably puts them right around that range and possibly, you know, right behind them at at number four or so. Hunter Dickinson not included. Who is the most ideal transfer fit that's available out there for Kansas right now? Oh, that's a a, a tough question. You know, it's funny. It's funny because it's not necessarily – I would be very interested to see something somebody like Matthew Cleveland from Florida State at Kansas. And I guess that when you talk about the different transfer targets and, and where people have them and everything, I think, you know, Harrison Ingram is a guy that's, you know, linked a ton to Kansas. So you look at, you know, Hunter Dickinson, obviously, like you talked about, you know, Timberlake visited, you know, there are other guys, Arterio Morris being in there. But I think that when you look at, at Cleveland and kind of what he can bring in a lot of different areas, he's somebody that, that jumps out at me, somebody that I would have absolutely loved, but he's entering the NBA draft. And it sounds from a lot of people like he could wind up, you know, staying in that, in that NBA draft is Chris Livingston from Kentucky. There was word for a while there that, you know, he was probably going to test the waters, but also, you know, potentially enter his name in the portal 
And that was one that, you know, when we were hearing those rumors, you know, you, you kind of circle it about five times and add about 35 exclamation points there because uh, I think Livingston would have been a tremendous fit for, for Bill Self in Kansas. But with him not being there, I, I think Cleveland would make a lot of sense. Uh, I think if you're asking Harrison Ingram to do what Jalen Wilson did, and, and, you know, it's it's interesting because – they share a lot of traits, right? I mean, both of them are were kind of undersized four guys a, a little bit. Ingram's got a longer wingspan, but both of them are very similar in that they can grab a defensive rebound and start the break. They have some creation ability and things like that. You know, Ingram is a guy that when you heard, hey, Kansas is interested in this guy, if you picked him to kind of fit into, into Jalen Wilson's spot, that was one that, that you were kind of like, yeah, that that definitely makes a lot of sense. He is Kevin Flaherty. You can check out all his work with 24-7 Sports. Kevin, appreciate the time, man. Have a good rest of your Tuesday. Yep, same to you. All right, that's Kevin Flaherty, 24-7 Sports. Two hours down, one to go. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. we got KU baseball coverage coming at you at 5.50. We're going to get to uh, Florida Man Mad Libs coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Nick Springer is out getting ready for uh, some high school action over on 92.9 The Bowl with pregame at 520 and uh, first pitch at 530. I'll be on the call with Gus Balo of the KU baseball game at six o'clock pregame 550 for Kansas and Air Force. Last week, we uh, actually recorded a Florida Man Mad Libs ahead of time on Thursday. I was out on Friday because I was out at the uh, KU Relays doing some PA work for them. And uh, Nick was going to have the show solo on Friday, and uh, we wanted to do Florida Man Mad Libs, so we recorded it ahead of time. We ended up not having a show last Friday because of the fact that uh, the KU baseball game, due to weather, got moved up and ended up being during the show. So we ended up not having RCSD, but we still have this Florida Man Mad Libs. So we wanted to share it to you. We figured we'd uh, share it to you today. So this was from last week, but uh, we never aired it. It is Sam Speck, Nick Springer, and myself, Derek Johnson, with another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs. And we did take a week off because Sam was on vacation last week. So we are technically just on week three, Derek, with a slim lead because you guys tied in week two. So we are technically on week three right now. And for you guys at home, here's how it works. Round number one, there is just one unredacted word as we have, again, headlines, which are completely legitimate. Majority of them come out of the state of Florida. In fact, all four of these are out of the state of Florida. You are more than welcome to play from home. The next three headlines have two redacted words, which, again, it's just like the game Mad Libs that you played in elementary, middle school, and probably beyond. But this is a more uh, ridiculous version, if you will. So... You boys ready for week number three? Yes. All righty, here we go. So, again, only one redacted word here in round number one. It is Florida man arrested for calling 911 a falsified call because his girlfriend insisted on having blank. Okay, so uh, I have been doing randomizers. Yeah, you're not doing I, I that the number yeah, generator. Are you going to go the with the dice roll? Don't do it. Or... You don't want me to do it? No. Well, I was going to say, what's have your new fun tactic? With it, this I am having fun with it. This is more fun. By rolling a Are you going to go with a random I'm not die? Rolling die or... I have a different. I have already written out my answers. Oh, oh so you've already I written pre planned. We'll see how it goes. So I like your new strategy. Yeah. So you're going to do something different each week. I literally hate it. Because you're losing to it. No, it's because it's stupid. Okay, so here's your three options, folks. Florida man arrested for calling. 911 because his girlfriend insisted on having sex, Sour Patch Kids, or the family over. <laughs> okay. 
So, again, well, your options are having sex, Sour Patch Kids, or the family over. Again, he was very intoxicated. The cops came out. It was a falsified call, and uh, yeah. a, a fight ensued between the uh, the officers and him. But those are your three options. Uh, Derek, you've obviously had Derek? your... Uh, you are already yep. have your What's answers locked in. I am going to stray from the random. Oh, wow. You stray. Yep. Wow. Wow. So the random told me number one here, but okay. I don't like number one. That's <laughs> you don't like number one. Too, too obvious. She almost. was insisting know. on having... Yeah. <laughs> is it Sour Patch Kids or is it the family over? Well, I, don't, I have no idea why it would be Sour Patch Kids, which makes me want to pick it. Give me Sour Patch Kids. Okay, so Derek's locking in on Sour Patch See, that's Kids. More than, that's more than Nick's strategy, where like, everyone doesn't... She has, he has a bunch of Sour Patch, and he's like, he's like, oh my gosh, these are so good. Like, I'm a hammer. Like, try them. And she's like, I don't want one. He's like, pushing them in her, in her mouth, and she's like, stop. <laughs> well, the, girl, the girlfriend was insisting on having... So oh, maybe it was the, the opposite. The, maybe yeah. she was super hammered, and she was like, hey... Wait, so which one called these, the cops? Eat, the Florida the, man the was arrested for calling 911 because his girlfriend was insisted on having blank. So the guy was the one that called the cops. So he was the drunk one and he called the cops. Correct. Yes, but it doesn't. But the, but the, the girl was the one who had the thing. The headline doesn't specify whether or not weird. the girl was also. All right, whatever. I'm sticking with it. We're so going, she yeah. locked in with Sour Patch Kids. <coughs> Sour Patch Derek. Nick, where are you going with this? I'm going to go with thoughts? the family. I mean, it's just a classic, you know, the classic situation where. You don't get along with the in-laws or whatever, and it's like, oh, but, you know, we have to have them over, whatever, and then it just escalated from there, and then next thing you know, boom. I was so mad, cop. If when Sam was writing this, he was just eating Sour Patch Kids and just threw that in there. I just looked over and got the inspiration for it. Okay, here it is. Uh, Full unredacted. Hopefully you at home got it locked in. Florida man arrested for calling 911 because his girlfriend insisted on having... Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. They, were both, they were both hammered, and uh, yeah, I told he, you. Yeah, they, he had a bag of Sour Patch Kids, and she wanted some. He didn't give her any, and he Love called nine one one because uh, she wouldn't give up on it. Okay, See, so okay, this is this is proof to me. That, you know, we always hear, and it's like, are you all in on analytics? Or are you all out on analytics? <laughs> I think I have proven I am. You, you got to go 50-50. You got to know when you make the gut feel. Use analytics. But no one to make the gut call. I've been using analytics. I've been using the number generator, but that was a gut call. There okay. you go. The number generator go. does not equal analytics. That equals yeah, just being the equivalent in this. So there is the one that again is usually the tiebreaker is the one point. So now we get into the potential three point answers now. But uh, the, if you get one, then of course you just get one point for the one redacted. But again, two redacted words for these next three headlines. Florida man pulls out blank after bar refuses him blank. So a Florida man, we'll start with the first redacted word. Florida man pulls out either finger guns, a machete, or a banana after bar (laughs) refuses him blank. So again, finger guns, a machete. The second blank you would think is either going to be like entry or like a drink, right? Like he was overserved or something. Okay. So I think the first blank, if he wasn't, if they haven't let him in yet, it could be machete. But maybe it's a banana, and he's like, you know how you can use bananas as guns? Maybe it's like that situation. Yeah. Or like you put it in his sleeve or something like <clears throat> sure. to make it look yeah. like it or so something. I, so I finger guns, gonna, machete, or banana. I'm going to pick banana. Okay, so Nick's locking it in with banana. Uh, this one I don't know, so I'm going to lean on the analytics. <laughs> we have uh, number two was the pre-written choice, so that would be machete, okay. correct? So there, Which I, yes. I think that is logical there. It's, uh, it's possible. I, I'm trying to think. Because the, problem the, banana, though, the problem with the machete is like, if it has anything to do with him already being in the bar, there's no way they would let him in with the machete. Well, he could have it concealed or something. Yeah, it's a I mean, machete. You can't put a machete in your pocket. I don't know. He had a big jacket on. He had a backpack. I don't know. Or no. down, down the pant leg or uh, something like that. Here's the thing. If it's banana... 
Is it really going to cause a headline? If he takes out a banana and starts eating Dude, it. Dude, that would definitely cause. No, 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 no. You know, he doesn't eat the banana. He takes it out and, like, uses it as a weapon. See, but I don't think it, it, it clarified that. It just said it takes it out. Like, if he took it out, that, that implies to me that he's showing it to them, that they see what it is. So you think that he's just going to show them a machete and not as attempted to use it against yeah, them? Yeah, if he's mad. Yeah, because a, if the I see a banana, the banana, that's not threatening. If I see a machete, I'm like, oh, this guy means business. <laughs> All right, so a Florida man, again, pulls out either finger guns, machete, or a banana after a bar refuses. So you guys locked in uh, Nick with banana, Derek with machete. Mm -hmm. Yep. After a bar refuses him either another karaoke song, (laughs) another drink, or entry. See, I told you. Entry or drink or karaoke song. Well, uh... The predetermined number was number three, and I believe that was entry. Entry. Correct? So, are you going to go with entry? I think that makes entry? the most sense with the I, machete. That works out. with machete anyway. Yes, I think See, it the makes predetermined the most sense. numbers, the analytics. Come I think it does you. make the most sense. So, Derek, I, are, you, are you locking in yes, with the, entry. your predetermined? Yeah. Okay, so you're going to go with entry. Machete entry. I'm going to pick karaoke song because I don't think a guy getting refused a drink is enough for headlines. Like, I feel like that happens at literally every bar every yeah, night. Yeah, I mean, if he probably pulls out a machete, it is. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But like, I think it needs to be something a little more. Uh, shall we say unusual? And I think if another, if listen, if you're just going on the karaoke song over and over and over and over and over again, that's noteworthy. I'm going with karaoke song. All righty, here it is the karaoke song for Nick, entry for Derek. Here's the full unredacted headline Florida man pulls out a machete after bar refuses him another karaoke song. Oh. So, coming away with each one point for the two of you. I just don't understand how he would get into the bar in the first place with the machete. I think Maybe probably like a, a pant leg machete. or like, a, no, I mean, they down your pant leg. No, you that's, can, a, that's called a knife. Okay. You'd be you'd be surprised what you can get down a pant leg. I, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's they got uh, a jacket on. You know? So this one is... Um, Let's was see. he two kids? This on one's top kind of, of a, a, a sports-related he... one, and it's this one might be a little bit difficult because there's so many different avenues that this could go down. So this one, this one uh, might actually be in favor of the analytics, but okay. uh, it's a sports-related one. An elderly Florida man charged after blanking his golf buddy because he blanked. <laughs> so. Okay. Of course, it's got to be the elderly uh, all out on the golf course, you know, of course. But here's your first unredacted word. An elderly Florida man charged after punching, clubbing, or running over his golf buddy because he blanked. And we'll get to the second redacted word momentarily. But an elderly Florida man was charged after, again, punching, clubbing, or running over his golf buddy because he blanked. There. Well, the predetermined number says two. My, my gut is saying three, but I don't feel super strong about it as I did with the first one so I'm going to stick with the analytics we're going with clubbing yeah, it, and takes, it would be make for a good headline right you have yeah, the, I think, the club yeah. part of it yeah I think I think, clubbing is a good, I think clubbing is a good option because you would be using the golf club to literally club the man or you know it's the classic case of how many times do we see guys getting run over in golf carts on the golf course yeah Any, you know anytime you have golf courts golf carts and alcohol involved, it's a recipe for somebody to get run over. Well, and I mean, so, they're, they're older gentlemen, and, you, you know, it's that's quite a bit of force to, yeah. to use so a golf I'm, cart. I'm really torn between clubbing and running over. And because Derek picked clubbing, I'm going to I'm gonna be different. I'm going to pick running over. So running over for Nick, clubbing for Derek. I was really torn between the two. All right. So an elderly man, uh, an elderly Florida man charged after either punching, clubbing, or running over his golf buddy because he either flipped him off stepped on his line or just simply cheated 
I, I feel like the flipping off, that, that would not be the, I don't know, like that would be something serious. doesn't matter. I put number three on the predetermined ones, Cheating. which I do think it's number two or number three to begin with. Uh, stepping on his line or... Um, That's just poor etiquette right there. Yeah, that is. Or, or the cheating ones. Uh, cheating, we'll stick with it. So Derek locking in with cheating there. Okay, so the issue I'm having with the stepping on his line one is that since I picked running over, like... I think if it's going to be running over, it needs to be a situation where he's already in the cart and it's like a crime of passion, right? Where it's like, <laughs> where it's like something happens and he's already there and he just guns it, right? Okay. So I think I'm going to go with flipping off. Like he's Ooh, in, like he, wow. he, he sucks at golf or whatever. And he's like mad and he's in the cart and his, and his buddy is like, Hey, you suck. Flips him off. He's like, "Oh, dude, oh, I suck. I'm in a, around. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a car. I'm See, gonna come run you over." If you think about it, the the clubbing one might go best with the like stepped on his line because he got yes. in front of him, then he hit him with the club. I right? agree. Yes, I think yours goes best with uh, the 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 cheating one because the cheating one. I think cheating's too vague. What if he What if he saw him like drop a ball or oh, something, and he I had see. the cart behind him? He's waiting for him to take the shot, and he was like, "Hey, you can't do that." And he was like, "Watch me!" And he started going to the backswing, and he just drove <laughs> over. But I just I think I just think cheating is too vague. Okay. Like I don't I think they would I think the headline given the given the already the like weirdness of the headline, I think it would have to explain exactly what occurred. That's fine. So I think cheating is too vague. That's why I'm ruling it out, and that's why I'm going with flipping them off. Alrighty, here it is. The full unredacted headline, and uh, it's simply put, elderly Florida man charged after punching his golf buddy because he flipped him off. Wow. Actually, hey, I got a point. There it is. So, and you tied it up. It was a basic one. It was yeah, a basic, basic one, and uh, it, it, it tried to mix it up as much as I could, but uh, it, it was a sports one. It was a funny one, and yeah. uh, and like you said, punching, clubbing, running over, those are all things that we've seen <laughs> on the golf course, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. So, yeah Nick, though, does come away with a point there so we get tied up yeah yeah we get into probably one of the weirdest and it's a mouthful here folks this last one (laughs) is so stick with me here's number three naked and blank florida man covered in blank and peppermint oil arrested after breaking into home dude this is like afraid this is like greased up deaf guy from family guy (laughs) yeah okay so we'll get to the first redacted word based on a true story Uh, I did put afraid, naked and afraid, slippery or bloody, Florida man covered in blank and peppermint oil, arrested after breaking into home. So, again, naked and afraid, slippery or bloody, Florida man covered in blank and peppermint oil, arrested after breaking into home. Okay, so you this have, is a legitimate yeah, headline. You have the afraid, which is what you suggested. That's the first but option. But the slippery, I think, is interesting because it already says he has oil on him, so he's already slippery. I think. Right? <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> so that's a reasonable option. Yeah. Um, the wait, bloody can, one can doesn't make... the whole headline? Uh, so the first three of the unredacted first, naked and either afraid, slippery, or bloody Florida man covered in blank and peppermint oil arrested after breaking into a home. Okay. <laughs> this is a legitimate See, I headline. Think, I don't want to rule out bloody. I think it's definitely the least likely, but like... It could easily be like the dude was really, really drunk and he like fell and like scraped you know, himself. I mean, if he's naked, like, he jumps through a window, he gets scratched up. Yeah, or he bloody. just does something. I just uh, naked and afraid because the TV show. Like, I, yeah. I feel like they could yeah. do that. But then, I, like, I'm thinking here as I'm, you're reading the headline, like, what is he afraid about? He broke into somebody's he, house. Dude, he could just be. 
dude, it could be anything. He's all drugged up on yeah, something. Yeah, he could he be like hallucinating and just like yeah, doesn't have any I, idea. I don't have any idea, so I'm just going to go with the predetermined number, which was two for this one. So which, that's uh, slippery. Slippery? Yeah, slippery. Derek going with slippery there. Yeah, I think slippery is a pretty, pretty solid option. We're tied up, though, so I think I need to go something different here. I mean, you can I, do the same here and go different on the next yeah. one. Yeah. I'll go with slippery. I'll all go right, slippery so also. both locking in with slippery I think it there. Makes sense. So it's all up to this one. So this one could be the deciding one. So again, naked and afraid, slippery or bloody, Florida man covered in either grease, poop, or <laughs> candle wax and peppermint oil, arrested after breaking into a home. So okay. again, so literally a greased up deaf guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Florida man either covered in grease, candle wax, or poop and peppermint oil arrested after breaking the, into I'm a home. I'm trying to figure out the My, connection between the peppermint oil, though. I, I, we're, 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 we're going with yeah, poop here. I, I think he, ro- <laughs> he was naked. He rolled in poop somehow. I don't know. Something happened, and he was like, how do I smell better? I put some peppermint oil. I don't know. That was See, accessible for him somehow. We're going poop. This guy had one I, hell I of a night. I don't remember what number <laughs> poop the, was. It was telling me that to was pick number, number two, two, but the, I'm, I'm going The candle wax one poop. is is rather interesting for a variety of reasons. <laughs> but then I please explain I, those variety of reasons. Well, like you know, okay. Sometimes when people get freaky, they put candle wax on themselves. You know what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> he was but naked. like. So, exactly. Yeah, See? Yeah. <laughs> Plus, but I I still don't understand where the peppermint oil factors in here. I don't I can't quite figure out why This could, <laughs> This I is one know. of the weirdest ones I've ever I'm found with, in my life. I'm going with candle wax. So Nick is locking in with candle wax. All right, you guys locked in? Uh, yeah. Here's what it is. The full unredacted one and you guys tied once again this week. Naked and slippery Florida man covered in grease and peppermint oh, it was oil. Just grease. Arrested after breaking into a home. I have I, in fact I, I should have read a little bit further into this. Yeah. This guy <laughs> was incredibly intoxicated. I don't know what preluded this night, but it was one <laughs> hell of an evening for this guy, apparently. Unbelievable. So, but this was one of the weirdest, biggest mouthfuls of a headline, and uh, I, I had I a lot of fun. That was fantastic. But you guys tied it again. Do we got time for the, the uh, one for Do we Sam? have one for the uh, house? Oh, yeah. Why not? Yeah, let's see. What do we got? All right. Blank Broadway outing marred by blank in aisle. The blank Broadway outing marred by blank in aisle. Okay. Number one, Hamilton, Broadway outing. Hillary and Chelsea Clinton, Broadway outing. World's largest Broadway outing. Marred by blank in aisle. I feel like it's not Hillary or Chelsea Clinton. I don't know. I don't even yeah, know. I would, I would have, we probably would have heard yeah, something like say, that. Yeah, that, that seems like Hamilton's been on Broadway forever now. So I'm going to go with world's largest. Okay. I, I got to go with Hamilton because that's been there forever right. now. Hamilton, world's largest. Yeah. So, uh, blank Broadway outing marred by... Poop in aisle. Oh, God. Stink bomb in aisle. Flash mob in aisle. Ooh. Oh, man. Now I I'm feel like... By flash mob. I feel like the world's largest in flash mob goes good yeah, together now. Yeah, intrigued by flash mob. Uh, Stink bomb I'm interested in. Is it like someone like farted in the aisle? <laughs> is it like an like actual, an actual stink, bomb? stink bomb? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, right. I'm going uh, with, uh, marred I'm going, by... I'm going with flash mob. Okay. Yeah, that sounds... Yours sounds good. Um... You know, I'm going to have to just go obscene here. And if it's Hamilton, that's a pretty... I'm going to have to say poop. Let's just go poop. Okay. Uh, that's, the that's correct answer. Fair. 
Hillary and Chelsea oh, no. Clinton really? Broadway outing marred by poop in aisle. I got the point at least. Hey. Oh, no. What in the world? <laughs> oh, my gosh. At least I got a point. I'm glad it wasn't the ball. Yeah. Good Lord. All right, boys. Well, hey, as always, uh, looks like Derek's still with a one-point advantage, but you guys tie in week three. Thanks for including me in your fun. We'll be back next week. Florida Man Mad Libs, we out. Okay, that was Sam Speck, also with Nick Springer and myself, our recorded version of Florida Man Mad Libs from last week that we never got a chance to air because of the rescheduling uh, to some events coming last Friday. We'll have another edition of Florida Man Mad Libs later this week to get us caught up on the exact week that we're supposed to be at. Uh, Don't forget you can join RCST Trivia. You can do that by hitting us up at RCST1320 or RCST1320am at gmail.com. You can join in on the free to enter action, win all sorts of awesome prizes, and compete in KU basketball trivia events. So reach out to us and let us know. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.